to the I Get Buggets podcast. I am your host, as always, Simon Harracks, but I am not alone today. You are tuning in to a special edition podcast for the I Get Buckets fantasy review for season 21-22. I am here to transition quickly into the one and only Mr. Daisy Dale, aka DD, aka The Chad, coming here to spit hot fire and give his takes about all of the players I picked. And it's going to be a really fun kind of time to, to hear all his thoughts and um, getting those hot takes fire um, the only way that Dale can do it. So um, there's a, a, a swear warning, I think, up the top for me. I haven't listened to any of uh, the stuff, so I'm going to go just give a real very fast five-minute kind of thing on my team that will transition into to his thoughts. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to some of the stuff and perspectives outside just what I kind of was thinking with the team. And there's a few interesting players here, I think, that um, I hope he gets really down and, and doesn't hold back on some of the thoughts. Um, we have an interesting one on draft night that he's going to talk about with Russell Westbrook. I felt like I might have been... The, the only one that had him as high as I did based on the projections that he's still going to you know be all of what we saw Russell Westbrook in the past, or at least most of it, to make it worthwhile. Um, we're going to see Zion Williamson, who I went with P2, um, someone who I was raring for, for a, a breakout, but with him being injured, um, we'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, he's not going to get the, the time-wise, but... We're going to look at Ben Simmons. Did we go early? Did we go late? Is he going to play? I'm, I'm looking forward to some of those thoughts. And I know a few of the young players that I got in terms of Darius Garland um, and Tyler Hero are really interesting ones to kind of delve into. So um, I think um, from my perspective, getting you know Shea Gilgis-Alexander as an OKC threat um, at pick 28 was, was something I was kind of really happy with and some of the big question marks on this season is going to be down to can Kristaps Porzingis still be um, anything of, of what we're kind of hoping him to be a second fiddle in Dallas and, and finally bring everything together with his skill set. Um, Mason Plumley, you know, on his projections it tells that you know, he's going to be coming off the bench. It wasn't my um, view taking him that he would do that, uh, unless you think they're going to go a PJ Washington small lineup. I don't think uh, Bismack Biombo is the guy to play center. So um, I was thinking that, that Plumlee and um, the inspiration for Mace Invaders is going to be a, a lock for my team long term. And we'll see what um, kind of our, our wing players in Mikael Bridges and DeAndre Hunter are, are going to give me this season. But um, I'm hoping for a lot of Darius Garland talk. I'm, I'm hoping for a Terry Rogier, um kind of aspect there. Going three Hornets is probably not an ideal scenario, but I think all in all, it's going to be really good to hear some of um, the analysis here and keep these fantasy reviews ticking over. So um, I hope you enjoy, everyone. Thanks for doing it, Dale, and we're going to transition quickly into it here. So enjoy. Thanks, guys. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, basketball fans. Special edition of I Get Buckets podcast this week. Uh, Simon has has handed me the reins, or I've actually I've commandeered the reins from our fearless leader and commissioner to do his own draft recap instead of him having to do himself and try and uh, you know critique and pat himself on the back for his picks. I thought, you know what, man, I'm going to jump in and do it for you. 
We're still fresh off a off a fantastic draft day, albeit over Zoom, which was unfortunate, but in the climate we're in, it's best to be safe. But an absolutely magic day as per usual. A huge pat on the back to all the boys for making it such a fun fucking afternoon. Oh, I forgot about that. So it could be a little bit different than what you used to if you're uh, yeah, if you're hearing it for the first time. Don't expect it to always be this uh, unprofessional or crass. Because uh, Simon runs a lot, uh, a tight ship and uh, my ship is loose as a goose, baby. So without further ado, we're going to get crack-a-lacking and get stuck straight into it with the Mason Vaders, which is not a bad name, actually. I quite like that one. When I heard that, I thought, yeah, it's not too bad. It's, uh, you know, I mean... Space Invaders is one of my favorite games, and I could talk about that for another fucking 15 hours or so, but let's not. Let's just jump right in at the number one pick, which is quite a polarizing pick. So Simon had pick number eight, and he's gone with Russell Westbrook off the top. Now, triple-double machine, we know he racks up a heap of fantasy points. Going into a new system in LA is super interesting to me. Um, obviously, tremendous upside for what he can accomplish rebounding assist he's going to be splitting the playmaking with LeBron which is going to be interesting to see but I think it can work the outside shooting for LA is a huge concern for me so it would be great to see uh, you know a marked improvement from Westy but we know it's not going to happen because he piffs players and they, they nearly hurt someone every time he shoots from deep so I think it's a good pick at number one I mean yeah, it's it's a high upside pick, man, and he will stuff the stat sheet with his defense. He's going to play hard-nosed, and he's not going to be the guy who is depended on to do absolutely everything. I mean, he had a turnaround year last year being in the trade for John Wall, and uh, John Wall has kind of faded into oblivion, and Russ exploded, man, and, uh, you know, good on him. I like a dude that leaves it all out on the floor. You know, he, he, he's a dog. He doesn't ever take a play off, sometimes to the detriment of the success of the team and winning basketball, as we as we all kind of know. But I think it's a great pick, man. Um, yeah, look, at number eight, what else are you going to do, brother? I mean, you had KD go two spots behind, which is which is interesting, you know, to say the least. He's interesting. And then you had uh, Jason Tatum go the, the direct pick at number nine. So, you know... Take that how you will. Uh, but yeah, I think Rusty's a good pick, man. So on to pick number two for Simo. Uh, number 13 overall in the draft is Zion Fats Williamson, who uh, we've now learned has had foot surgery in the offseason, which was um, mm, it's a little bit interesting. I'm going to have a quick swig of my beer here. Nice. Uh, so yeah, Zion Williamson, he had this secret shame foot surgery, it seems, that... Uh, no one got wind of. I mean, it had to have been one of the best kept secrets, uh, you know, getting around because I didn't hear it. It wasn't on Bleacher. It wasn't on Twitter. There was very, very little information. I mean, unless I've just had my head buried in the sand, which is entirely possible. But yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. And on media day, man, he looked fat as fuck. So I'm curious to see how he looks when he's ready, when he's playing, uh, you know, his good physical explosive brand of basketball. Um, because we saw last year that there was some issues with getting him, you know, included into the play sets. And you've got a team like New Orleans with new coaching and they're trying to figure it out with some pieces. And uh, yeah, without your number one dude, 
it's going to be pretty hard to install a game plan. But fantasy-wise, obviously a great pick upside-wise. If he is healthy, he's a double-double machine, primary scoring option, he's just a beast all over the court, you know. So maybe this foot surgery is enabling some time to uh, get his get his jump shot or his shooting mechanics okay. Um, depends on who he's working with. It would be fantastic if we saw an uptick in his long-distance shooting, but it's a big if, but I mean, if he is firing and if he is playing well in the Zion that we know, this guy could absolutely beast and uh, yeah, just bully the shit out of everyone else, which we've seen before. So, you know, again, really good upside pick. The next pick is one of my one of my watches because I really, really love this dude. So this is round three, pick number 28 is Shea Gilgis-Alexander for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, Shea, to me, is one of my favorite players to watch because his IQ is off the charts. Uh, he he plays with a bit of an old man sort of game, so I'm not too worried about him getting injured because he isn't attacking the rim and doing silly, you know, I call him Jamarant-esque kind of plays, you know, with risking his body and that type of thing. So I think he's going to be durable. Hopefully, Oklahoma will just give him the keys and let him run, do whatever the fuck he wants, which I'm sure they will because who the fuck else is there? Um, he should be putting up a heap of points this year. He's, um, yeah, I think he will improve out of sight when when given the opportunities that he's given. Uh, you know, showing the ropes to kids like our own Josh Giddy, which is amazing. I'm so happy that he has got Shea to learn from as a rangy, lengthy guard. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good pick at number 28. I mean, he has potential to put up some monster numbers on a very consistent basis. Great shooter, great passer, can rebound the ball. Just, yeah, that does a bit of everything. So great pick there at 28 for my money. Um, I'm just going to see who went before and after because the next one we're going to go to, holy fuck, I could talk for a day on that. All right, so we got the pick before was Julius Randle. And the pick after was, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? So I'm not prepared. You know, this isn't Simon's brand of, uh, of, uh, of podcasting, is it? I mean, DeAndre Ayton was taken at pick 30. Then at pick 29 is the one I'm looking for. He's Kyrie Irving. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, I'm fine with that one, living the Vita Luca. But uh, anyway, I digress. Number four, pick number 33. I'm going to have to take a big swig here. Oh, man. Okay, we've got Ben Simmons. Now, at this point, he's got listed that he's playing point guard for Philadelphia. So, the thing about Ben Simmons is, uh, yeah, he's uh, not going to be showing up to Philadelphia. So, let's see how long this standoff lasts. So, we all know that it's been ugly, and it's going to continue to keep getting ugly with Joel Embiid stating that giving up Jimmy Butler was a mistake and that type of thing. This is a toxic situation. And very rarely do you see something this toxic this quickly. Um, last year, mentally, and, you know, I understand it. It broke him. Um, the the offensive struggles, the, the crowded paint, it's tough, right? But if he does get moved on to a team where he was, you know, I don't want to say appreciated because I think Philly did a hell of a lot to try and satiate uh, Ben Simmons' appetite and instilled him to you know have the keys and do whatever the fuck he wants, and it wasn't enough. But it's not really Philly's fault that you can't shoot for fucking shit, right? 
But you can do a lot of other stuff very, very well. You're a very, very good defender. I mean, probably, you know, neck and neck for Defensive Player of the Year, all defensive teams, is an absolute stud on defense. So I value that a lot. But also to be good at defense, you you need to be on the court, which uh, he won't be for a bit. So depending on how uh, how desperate Daryl Morey gets is is going to be the, the question because there's no way in hell Damien Lillard's going to be going in a package for Ben Simmons. It doesn't make sense. So they're going to end up pulling the trigger for uh, some, you know, hopefully a serviceable point guard and maybe some future stuff. I know they want to win now, but uh, you cannot force a trade market for somebody who is as undesirable as Ben Simmons. And the position that he's put himself in and continues to double down on, it ain't going to be pretty for anyone. So his money's in escrow now. He's going to be fine per game. And yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting pick. Again, gigantic upside if the planets align somehow and Simmons is traded to somewhere where he wants to play. This guy could be a game changer. We've seen it happen before. He has potential to do great things. A lot of numbers in fantasy, especially assists, rebounds, points, you know, steals, that sort of stuff. He can do it, but is he going to be on the floor to do it? So I'll leave that with you. Next up. We got Scary Terry, pick 48, round five, Charlotte point guard, sharing the backcourt with LaMelo Ball now that they have, uh, they've kind of cemented themselves as like the league pass darlings, you know what I mean? Uh, Now that Graham's not playing there anymore, he's at New Orleans, this backcourt is going to be fucking fun. LaMelo's whipping passes everywhere, he's rangy, he's long as shit. Terry is another guy like Russ. He leaves it all on the floor, and I absolutely love that. He is a ferocious player. He's a human highlight reel, and he's not afraid to shoot the ball. So if he gets hot, again, a lot of points can come out of Terry. So he's a pick 48, which is, you know, not too bad. I mean, we've got Anthony Edwards going at 50. we got, uh, what else have we got here? we got at 48. All right, so we got Karis LeVert in the same conversation. CJ McCollum went a pick after, so yeah, not a bad pick. I actually quite like all these, Simon. I mean, Terry's probably one of the safer picks that we've gotten to thus far in round five. Yeah, again, good for a lot of points. Uh, great playmaker, can do a lot of things. Um, yeah, he, he's a safe bet. He's pretty. He seems to be pretty healthy. That backcourt is set. Lamelo loves passing, so I mean, look. He could have the opportunity to get a lot more shots, um, and I hope he does, to be honest, because he's a, he's a ton of fun to watch, man. Your next pick. Your next pick is one that I uh, find a little little out there. we got Kristaps Porzingis, Dallas center. Now, I don't know if I've seen anything in recent memory that has instilled confidence in me that Kristaps can do shit. I think his three-point shooting has been overrated for a long time. I think his athleticism has declined each year since he's been injured, which is, you know, it's a shame because he was such an exciting player to watch. But I think at this position, he has gone high for me. 53 to me is high. I'm happy to be wrong, happy to be proven wrong. But, I mean, you've got guys like John Collins who's gone at 56 who I think is going to absolutely destroy. You've got Jared Allen going at 55, which I think he's going to get some great fantasy upside. I honestly don't know if Porzingis stays. He's a health risk. 
you know, he just, uh, I don't know, I've been very disenfranchised with him of late. So that to me is a bit of a reach, but not entirely the worst thing as it is still pick number 53. Moving on to Gordon Hayward, Hair Gordon. Well, he's, he's another interesting cat. I mean, Injury history is very, very spotty. He did look like a different player at Charlotte last year. He's going to benefit from having Lamelo to take some of the playmaking, you know, out of his bag, so to speak, so he can focus on scoring. This guy was a beast. I mean, Gordon Hayward was amazing in Utah for so long and he just busted up that ankle on that alley-oop play in Boston and he just, you know, I kind of just sold on my stock, you know, I moved off. Uh, Hayward Island because I just thought it's over now like he's not going to be able to become the player he was he showed some flashes of that last season so he's one of those dudes you wish all the best for because by all accounts he's an awesome dude um you know really good man you know does a lot for the community and that sort of thing so you want to see him do well the team that he's in this year look there should be opposite there's going to be opportunities for him to score to playmake on occasion if they scatter him and Lamelo because he loves having the ball in his hands and he's a really, really great passer. He's like a rich man's Batum in some ways. Um, I like to look at it. But yeah, at pick number 68, I think that's fairly safe, man. As long as he stays on the court and he stays healthy, I really, really like him there. So it's a great job, my brother. Moving on next, we got... Oh, I've got to have a drink break, actually. Hold on, give me one second. Huh? Oh, that's better. All right. Now, we got 73. Now, this this is a steal for me. I think this is an absolute steal. You got Darius Garland, Cleveland Cavaliers. So, Garland, I've loved for a long time. I think he has so much uh, so much upside that it hurts. Like I see a lot of uh, early Dame Lillard in his game. Maybe not as um maybe not as aggressive as attacking, but he's got filthy crosses. He's got a great handle. He's a, he's a really good shooter. He's unselfish. He just does all the little things. I mean, on defense, he, uh, you know, he, he can get exposed, but all in all, I think he is someone you would build around. Um, you know, he is going to be taking shots. Now, he's got Mobley as well, which is a, which is a young dude, which I think is going to be an absolute amazing pairing. He's got a lob threat with Jared Allen playing above the rim. It can be a really, really nice rounded kind of offense. I'm actually quite high on Cleveland. I don't think they're going to make a playoff push or anything. They're in the still in the bottom tier, but they have a lot of nice pieces that I'll be super, super happy with, you know, with Isaac Okoro as well. Um, <laughs> Laurie Markkinen, which is, I'll leave that there. And um, Denzel Valentine, who's going to cost them a couple of games, but, you know, he's got, he's got interesting fashion sense, I guess. But, um, yeah, Garland, he's a superstar, man. I really, really like that pick at number 73. Um, considering we had Cade Cunningham going at like 71, um, you know, I, I really, really, really like that pick. So I have high, high hopes for Darius and Cleveland this season. Let's pick 88. <laughs> Round number nine, the Cougars fantasy draft is Mason Plumley. Now, this is obviously a sentimental pick with Simon because I know that he just... You know, Plum Dog Millionaire was his, his his guy when he was in Brooklyn, and uh, it seems that nothing's nothing's really changed, man. Because uh, you picked him here at eighty eight, so it's two picks ahead of Miles Turner, which is which is it's interesting. I mean, it's is it a reach or not? I don't I don't know. I mean, Andre Drummond went three picks earlier at eighty five. Uh, Harrison Barnes was a pick before, so shit, man. I don't even know. I don't even know anymore because I've. 
I've lost my uh, hope in the human race after seeing a few of these numbers here. But Mason Plumley taking over a spot which he's going to get a lot of minutes. He's going to get a lot of run. Uh, how much of it is going to be valuable? I don't know when you've got a backcourt the way they have it structured. He's obviously a lob threat. He's super athletic dude. Lots of putbacks. Hopefully he can you know, be a good, good rim runner, caught a player, but I don't know how many players will be run from him. And is he enough of a, you know, clean up player like a DeAndre Ayton that doesn't need players run for him, but he will make plays out of that. I don't know. That is still to be seen. So Mason Plumley, strong center, good double, double threat. Can he produce at that level? I don't know. But again, we are at pick 88, so you can't really fucking come down on anyone too hard here without uh, projecting your own sadness onto them. So after that, we have Michael Bridges, one of my favorite players. I would love him in Chicago. Number three, Michael, uh, sorry, number 93, Michael Bridges, Phoenix. Man, round 10, this guy's, I love him. I think he's fantastic. Great three point shooter. Only getting better every goddamn season. Great on defense. Steals the ball. Very active hands. Can just plug and play into a few different positions, a few different roles. I, I think that's great. He was available at 93. Um, obviously, his fantasy stats don't necessarily add up to how valuable he is for the Suns on court. Um, but, yeah, he's just – I think he's a superstar. I wish he was in my team in real life. Uh Fantasy-wise, yeah, he's going to be a consistent dude. I can't see him ending up on the waiver wire. I know, I could be wrong. I'm wrong. That's why I've never fucking won this shit because I always get it wrong. But I honestly think that Michael Bridges is heading for a breakout and all the best to him, man, because he's a weapon. And we got 108. DeAndre Hunter, Atlanta Hawks, small forward, round 11. DeAndre Hunter is a super interesting player. He was firing before he got injured and uh, kind of, you know, really shook it up for Atlanta. And then they had to sort of game plan without him. He was super, super valuable for such a young dude. Um, lo- love him as 3 and D kind of dude, you know, great shooter, just active hands again. Simon's team in real life would be amazing uh, just because there is so much versatility, except for Ben Simmons because he's not going to fucking show up. But, you know, DeAndre Hunter... 108, great pick. You've got dudes like Marvin Bagley III going two picks after him. Um, It's pretty damn good, if you ask me. Like Rui Hachimura, just similar kind of positions, but I think DeAndre Hunter is the better player in total. But we shall see. I mean, Sadiq Bay went 103. That's that's interesting. Baywatch. Uh, Anyway, on to the next one is a guy who I had last year, Tyler Harrow, and he was dog shit. To me, he really fucking let me down, pissed me off because he uh, just he seemed to have fallen off a cliff from what his performance was in the bubble. He won everybody over. Everyone, his approval rating was unanimous. I mean, Tyler Harrow was just a fucking animal. Um, and last year, he just was a non-factor. He really just was underwhelming all facets of the game. So shooting, his rebounding dropped, his assists, he just... He looked a little bit lost out there, and I don't know if it's that heat culture lifestyle of being in the bubble that Jimmy could kind of keep his boys on a leash and, you know, force them to concentrate, to be, uh, you know, to be on the on the ball, so to speak, because they were all, you know, isolated and together, and that really kind of seemed to have helped Miami. But last year, 
yeah, he was uh, he was highly, highly, highly disappointing. So good luck with him, Simon. Hopefully he does come good. I mean, a pick 113, honestly, fuck. I mean, who cares? I mean, Evan Fournier went two picks ahead of him and that guy stinks. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, no one can knock anyone for any picks this late. I don't think it's almost just, just upside at this point. So, well done. That's fine. Uh, next, we've got Clay Thompson, which is... Uh, we all know Clay's injury status is very sketchy, so it's he's swimming in the bay at the moment. Well, I don't, not right now, but he has been swimming, you know, with seals and shit. Um, I've seen it on Bleacher. So, Clay Thompson, yeah, this, just a stash dude in case there's, uh, you know, there's a possibility that he can come back and hit his strides. Again, at pick one twenty eight, you're not really, you know, missing a great deal there. It's better to have that upside. Yeah, James Wiseman going at one thirty. Uh, you know that's that's fine man I like that pick actually just in case just in case they're making a run and something good can happen you know I mean Kelly Olenek went three picks before that and we all know about Kelly Olenek so that's a good pick good luck to you I mean fuck I don't I don't know what's going on with his with his injury status at the moment I know Kawhi is meant to be coming back a little bit ahead of schedule but Clay, yeah, I, they want to be cautious with him since it is such a back-to-back injury, and there is, you know, a lot at stake with a with a player of Clay's, you know, caliber. On to the next one. I need a little drinks break because this is my boy. I gotta, I gotta cheers him. Ooh. Bobby Portis, wowee, my boy, crazy eyes from Little Rock, Arkansas. One of my, uh, one of my bulls, my ex bulls. There's now a, pre- a premiership, <laughs> Australian rules. He's a championship ex-bull now. Uh, look, again, another dude who's a high-energy guy, cemented his place last year on the premiership, and premiership, I've got to stop saying that, on the title run and was just great, man, like just a, a great locker room guy as well. So Bobby Portis, fantasy-wise, he's good for rebounds, he's good for threes, um, you know, he's not going to put you over the edge, but he's a good, consistent guy to have on your squad um, if anything, last year showed us that he has cemented his spot in that team. So he will get the minutes to do stuff. It just depends on which version of Bobby shows up. If Chicago Bobby comes up since he's won his chip now and he might have taken the foot off the gas a bit, you don't want that. If Milwaukee Bobby shows up, that's the one you want because he's a weapon. Um, at pick 133, that's, that's huge. That's really, really great. So he's still available there. That's amazing. Great pick, man. And that was pick 14. So we're up to the last pick. And we got, you know, your hometown boy. So you would have had to have had a drink here, picking a, picking a Brooklyn net. As Nicholas Claxton goes, round 15, pick 148. Really, really like Nick Claxton. He's he's sick, man. Very cool uh, rim protector, rim runner. Plays above the rim, super springy. Plays in your face, defense. I, I really like him. Super athletic. Kind of reminds me of Jackson Hayes a little bit, but he seems like he's almost a bit more ahead, which is strange because Hayes was such a high draft pick. Um, yeah, Claxton has got all the tools around him to not need to have a play run, just clean up. Clean up the misses if there are any, um, you know, because Brooklyn's team is just that fucking stack that any missed shot is going to seem really fucking odd because they are just going to be that damn good that Claxton can feast just face, try and get offensive rebounds, get back in transition, just a lot of boards, play face-up defense, get a, the occasional block shots and just alley-oops, put-backs. That's all we really need 
from this dude, I think, you know, and it's a pretty rounded team, man. I, I look through it again. My favorite picks, you know, I, I really like Darius Garland at round eight, number 73. I think he's special and uh, he's going to do some pretty crazy stuff this year, in my opinion, I hope. And I know him, my boy MJ is hoping that as well and all the Cavs fans out there. But uh, I really think Darius Garland is going to take a jump, put up a ton of points and be kind of the man there, especially with such an athletic Mobley, such an athletic Allen. You know, there's going to be opportunities to be throwing lobs inside deep passes into the post and just just letting them cook a bit, which is great. Um, The pick that I'm a bit iffy on is obviously Ben Simmons in round four, but... The upside's there, we can all see that, but the dude is such a fucking baby that he will not, you know, he will, he would rather shoot himself in the foot, cut off his nose, spite his face, man, so I don't know when that situation will round out. Both sides of that table are super standoffish, so, I mean, this could be a whole year. He could literally sit out the entire year to force their hand, it's just who's going to blink first. And that's a dangerous situation. I mean, these guys are pro athletes. They're obviously super competitive. And they don't want to lose, you know what I mean? And uh, neither does Daryl Morey because he is, uh, he's got quite the reputation. I mean, this whole thing is not going to just go away. I don't think it's going to resolve peacefully. I think it is going to have to be an overthrow, which is kind of a little bit scary with your fourth pick in the draft. So... They're the two that I'll be watching for. Obviously, I think it's a very, very well-rounded team, Simo. You always do well, man, at these type of things. You do your homework. You put together a nice, rounded team. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to facing you in round one when young, hard, and on holiday take on the Mace Invaders, man. So looking forward to it. I've enjoyed doing this. I've absolutely raced through it because, you know, I don't have you guys looking at me and asking me shit or me embarrassing myself in front of you. So if there is any questions, any feedback, let Simon know. Don't tell me because I don't fucking care, right? So anyway, it's been a pleasure talking at you for the last, what, 30, 30 minutes or so. And uh, I'm really looking forward to opening night. Media day was great. Training camp is in action. And we got preseason games in 48 hours, I believe. So Let's get back into fucking basketball and, uh, yeah, everyone use your second screens at work and become about 50% less productive. It's been great, dudes. Signing out. I Get Buckets podcast. Thanks, Simo. Peace.